Welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. This is the third episode of our series of Bottle Rock episodes uh, uh, for 2022. That's right. If you haven't checked out the other ones, definitely recommend going back and checking them out as well because we have interviews with a lot of great bands uh, and a lot of music performances over the course of the three days uh, that Bottle Rock was in Napa uh, here at the end of May, Memorial Day weekend. That's right. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time. Lots of bands coming into town and lots of chefs on the culinary stage. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, so, um, so let's talk about what we got here here today. So this is a band that we actually had on last year uh, through Zoom. COVID times, right? Uh, and uh, I had a really great chat with them last year and figured, hey, let's uh, ch uh, check in in person because they have a new album out. So we're going to get to learn a little bit about that. That band is Wild Rivers, and they put on uh, two performances at Bottle Rock today, um, one on the main stage and one on Jam Pad, which is the cool thing to do. Uh, you do a big set, and you also do a small uh, set, uh, get people in pretty close and break, uh, strip it down, make it mostly acoustic. Um, I mean, that's how I like my, my music is uh, uh, acoustic when, when it's a uh when it's not supposed to be rocking, right? When it's not supposed to be over the top, plugged in, electric and heavy, um, you know, it's cool to hear the same versions of the same song done um, in a, an acoustic setting. So we have that for you t uh, today. We're going to play a couple of songs uh, from Wild uh, uh, River set um, at the Jam Pad stage. Um, due to conflicts, I wasn't able to see the uh, full set um, of the uh, uh, other set that they did uh, because I was doing another interview, which you'll get to uh, hear and see um, in the not-too-distant future. So um, so let's talk about Wild Rivers. It is uh, Devin, Khalid, and Andrew. Uh, they uh, make up Wild Rivers, and they are from Toronto. They came uh, down. They had just gotten into uh, Napa, I mean, from out of the country, which is incredible. Like, they, they made it here yesterday and came in to do the interview the day before their set. Um, and... Uh, and we had a great chat. So um, we also are going to uh, feature a unique uh, chat that uh, that I don't do often. I don't. I usually stick pretty closely to uh, to bands. Some, once in a while, I'll stray a little bit outside of that. Uh, well, for this one, um, we're going to interview a gin maker, which is. Uh, Pretty cool. We're going to get to that a little bit later. That is Hendrix Gin, uh, which is featured at Bottle Rock as well. So, um, so again, I don't want to waste any time. So let's go ahead and uh, let's start it off with a song from uh, Wild Rivers uh, from their uh, set on the uh, Jam Pad stage here at Bottle Rock. This is a song called La Amsterdam. Here it is. Girl. We will put the distance to an end. We had a plan. Gonna lay it out on a queen's bed. Catching up on 21. Meet all your friends back home. That was not what it was, but they're all fun to find. It was always absolute. Everybody said we were moving fast, but now I'm pretty over school. Switching out my books for the Avril packs. All these dreams of Amsterdam. Where you surprised me with the yellow bag. Made the basket that didn't match it. Then I guess I'll never get to it. 
Andrew and Cal from Wild Rivers. How are you guys doing? You guys just got into the bay, bay here, right? Yeah. We did. We just arrived about 10 minutes ago. We're fresh off. You, and first thing you do, you come to Concert Pipeline Podcast, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Never a priority. Uh, yes. Right after that, we're going to catering and getting as much food and wine as they'll allow us. <laughs> That's the way to do it. They got so much good food here, right? Yeah, so, we heard. Yeah. We walked by it and we're ready. You're ready. Yeah. And good drinks and everything. Yeah. So it's, it's great. So... Um, I ended the. I inter- interviewed you last year through Zoom, and we ended the interview. And uh, your other bandmate didn't know at the time, but you had a band called Devon and the da- uh, the Dads, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Did, did you, were you guys aware? Devon and the Dads. Devon and the Dads. We weren't aware at the time, and it was a uh, it was a big bombshell time, you I dropped think. on us. Uh, we almost broke up the band actually <laughs> that she was cheating on us with the dads. Yeah. How can you hold? We thought we knew everything about each other, but apparently not. No. So have you gotten any other uh, bombshells? Yeah. Let well, some might come out here today, oh, so no. we'll, we'll see how the interview goes, right? Um, you have a new album out we since do. since we talked last. Uh, so tell me about the new album. Uh, the new album's called Sidelines, and we recorded it. In various places, we started uh, March in 2021 at Peter 2020. 2020. Sorry, 2020 in Connecticut with producer Peter Cadis, and before that, we went into a house in LA for four months and just wrote songs. And uh, yeah, the kind of pandemic hit, and we had to go back home and record uh, some of it ourselves and at our parents' houses and at our apartments and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, finally got it together. 
and there were like eight studios that you used all in, right? And uh, and 45 demos that you started with. So yeah. so tell me about kind of uh, whittling it down. Is it is it difficult to uh, to throw things on the cutting room floor, so to speak? Yeah, it's very heartbreaking. The only way I could mentally do it was knowing that we would. This isn't going to be our last album the stuff can spill over onto the next record but definitely had a lot of content and decisions to make that is uh that are hard but we honestly just went with all the songs that felt felt the best that we, we listen it, it's less of a technical analysis and more of a when we sit down what do we like the most and i think we came up with a group that were pretty cohesive and had like a theme and um all felt good and so some of, are you saving some of it for another release? Is some of it, you're like, this is good, but just not for this album? Hopefully, yeah. Kind of haven't started the next record conception and conversation, but we have a lot of good songs. I think that like a lot of them, we, we felt like this is not the time to record it, but this song has some real potential. So excited to dig in. Yeah. Now, thinking about Love When Gold in Canada, tell me, tell me about that perspective here. Yeah, it was a, a big surprise to us. I don't think that was anything that was ever on our radar, um, but we were we were on a break from touring and our manager FaceTimed all of us and she was like, we need to talk right now. And we FaceTimed, it was first thing in the morning and she told us and it was just a nice surprise because I don't think that's ever something that we consciously are striving for, but when it happens, it, it's very validating and just very nice to know that people are listening so much. Do you get like a gold record with that too or...? Yes, for a, a small fee, uh -huh. a big fee you actually. To pay for it. Uh -oh. We love the music industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so insert maniacal laugh here. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, but it's an accomplishment for sure. And I mean, did it give like this legitimacy to your parents at all? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like those those are the kind of things that prove to like our grandparents that we actually have real jobs, you know? Yeah, yeah. when they can so. see it and hold it, 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 it means something to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Streams or whatever mean nothing to they, them. They're not going to the concerts, the grandparents, right? Yeah. So they're yeah. not seeing, you yeah, know. Yeah, they don't have a Spotify. We, they're not here at Bottle Rock. Uh. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. so uh, talking about Bottle Rock, uh, any bands you're excited to see or what do you got lined up for today? I think we're going to try and get to Bahamas right after this. He's mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Um, we were talking a lot about Pink in the car. Uh, I didn't know she did like acrobatics and stuff like that on stage, yeah. so we're curious whether she's brought the trapeze set up with her. Um, Noah Kahan, Banks, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Yeah. So many good artists. Bleachers tomorrow. Is Bleachers. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we just uh, heard about Mount... Um, Mount Rushmore. Ma Mount Rushmore, and didn't yeah. know Snoop was here, so yeah. this yeah. changes everything. Y you should be able to feel Snoop's presence. I know, pretty smell far Snoop's uh, presence. Uh, you know, <laughs> far away, you're like, something's in the... Yeah. Snoop, yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> we, we got this, right? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Pink's doing the culinary stage tonight. Are you familiar with the, the culinary stage? No. It's, we don't know much about it. Do so the culinary stage is about 400 feet that way, maybe less, and... Uh, um, and so they get musicians and uh, and sh top chefs and other celebrities to come and and cook on the culinary stage. While so, someone's performing? No, well they're not performing. They're just cooking and oh, so and, and there's banter. She's going to be cooking. I, I don't wow. can't tell you what she's cooking, but wow. she's going to be cooking. Yeah. Wow. And they, they, usually the artist doesn't know about what That's they're they're so cooking. Fun. You know, I saw an artist a couple years ago like do beignets and they're like I don't know what a beignet <laughs> is. But uh, <laughs> awesome. I love that. Yeah. 
So you guys just uh, just got in from Sweden and Norway. Like, tell tell me about those shows. We just finished our first European tour, which was awesome. We did, I think, 25 shows in 30 days. So we tried to hit as much as we could in a short period of time. And we ate everything and we drank everything and we saw every site to be seen. It was like a crash course in all things European, which was great. Yeah. We had a nice Belgian tour manager who picked us up in a van and just explored the continent. It was awesome. What were some of the highlights of like what things you saw there? I mean, I've, I've never um, been, so that's pretty amazing. Our favorite cities were probably like, we got a couple of days in London before the tour, which was awesome. We just hung out and ate a lot of good food, and we don't usually get a lot of time off in cities, so it was really nice to just hang. Amsterdam was sweet too, like all the canals. We did like a boat tour and saw some of the old architecture and went to the coffee shops, did all the Amsterdam things, yeah. and. That was a highlight as well. But the, the a lot highlight, of you say. Nice. Uh, yeah, that was a highlight. Yes, I see what you do. Although we looked up coffee shops on the maps, uh -huh. just looking for like legitimately coffee, and uh, we ended up not getting coffee. No, no, <laughs> there's no coffee to be had. Yes. The coffee Where's shops don't specialize in coffee yes. like they do here. Yes, <laughs> very misleading. Yes. Um, tell me about the dating website. That's that's something I can't say I've talked to a band about creating. Mm. So. It's, it was, yeah. It was incredible. We got so many applications, we were overwhelmed. <laughs> and we matched them and then we got on Zoom with them, all the couples, and, and basically told each other, told them why we, we matched them with each other. And this one couple, they were co-workers. What, already? They <laughs> already? And they work, they work, no, we did not know. And they didn't, they both were into your band separately. They separately. And we matched them, and it turns out they work only with each other every day. <laughs> and either they're going to get married or they're going to need HR to get involved. Right. It was a little crazy, but it was really fun. As long as one isn't a supervisor of the other, I guess. It's yeah, yeah, they were equal partners. They drive around all week together. So they seemed pretty giddy about the whole thing. So I think there was something in the air already, and we just ignited it. And, and how did the idea for that come, come about? Do you feel like you're qualified? Have you gotten people together before, like you matchmakers? I think there was like a lot of Instagram comments of people like, I just met my boyfriend at your show, and like, or like I told my Tinder date that I showed you their music, and now we're dating, and you're our favorite band. So we had a lot of like stories shared with us, and then we were t talking about ways to promote um, like a remix of our song, uh, Think About Love, and we thought it might be a fun idea, and People were very into it. Yeah, we were surprised that there was such a buy-in from our fans. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I didn't look this up, but I, I try. I think I remember you had like a Zoom breakup thing, you know, last time we talked. So yeah. this is going from the breakup to pulling people yeah. together. You know, we're it's moving a different, up in the world. It's a different trend. chapter, right? Yes, new chapter. Yeah, new start. We're all about love now. Yes, and so, so people would get to meet you uh, virtually via Zoom, and I mean, there's a whole thing attached to it, right? Yeah, we basically planned out like a perfect date them and we kind of put together why we thought they should be matched and maybe some some yellow flags that they should be uh, worried about um, and just chatted with them yeah it's great that's pretty awesome um, so tell me about reverb your partnership with them for your, your tour this year yeah so um, we basically have been obviously conscious of just the environmental crisis and the impact of touring on the environment and trying to figure out how we can use our platform to spread awareness and also just take initiatives on tour to make it a little more green and more clean. And Reverb is a company that 
they usually work on bigger tours. We were actually the first like smaller tour that they've ever worked with, but they take all the tour details like down to public transportation to get to the shows, people driving to the shows. They take all of it. They calculate the carbon impact of the tour and then they go in and they find ways that we can eliminate um, environmentally detrimental things like single-use plastics, water bottles, and then they calculate the carbon offsets. And um, it's just this whole kind of like 360 approach to to making the tour greener. And it's, I mean, it's all kind of small steps in the right direction, but we just mostly wanted to start the conversation about it and get other smaller artists on board um, so it, it was great to work with them and learn about all that stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really awesome. I mean, and it's a great thing to do, and hopefully other bands, you know, kind of take that initiative as, uh, to to do that. I mean, you can really make a difference, right? Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, so you, you worked with Rabel on thinking about love. How did that come about? Um, he is on our label network, and then our A and R is a, a guy named Samir who's always like. He's had a bunch of ideas for remixes for songs and trying to do stuff that we haven't really done before. And it's never really been the time or worked out, but Rabel, we actually knew his music and we're fans and we're able to get in the studio with him. So, um, and with the producer that we really wanted to work with too. So uh, we kind of set a date to just go make something in the studio with without a ton of pressure on it. So we went to LA met him uh, and this producer stint and then just instantly clicked as people and musically it was very seamless and easy for uh, that kind of thing can be tough when you cold meet an artist and yeah. try to be creative but it was great it was easy we had a, a great day in the studio and then uh, we really wanted this song to have like a different feel so kind of reimagined it and we were all really happy with it and he was such a great guy so Hopefully, we'll be doing more or touring with him or doing something in the future. Yeah, and uh, speaking about a meeting in L.A., you, you guys met Butch Vick, which you were pretty excited about, <laughs> so tell me about that. That was a really, really special experience for us. We were in line one at Trader Joe's, and he was in line four, I think, buying mangoes or something like that. You hopped over lines. Yeah. And, uh, no, I, I, don't think we could, I don't think we can say we met him. We saw him from afar <laughs> buying groceries. and. I whispered to Andrew, is that Butch Vig? Probably like the lamest, <laughs> only musicians would appreciate meeting it was Butch, Butch Vig of garbage yeah. fame. You, you didn't <laughs> want to go up to him though, you were too uh, low. I'm, I'd be so intimidated. intimidated of Butch Vig. He's like the coolest dude of the 90s. Yeah. And yeah. It's also, it was weird to see him out of his context too. Like I've only just watched him in like studios and stuff like that. And to see him buying produce was a weird, uh, a weird thing, but very cool. What, what did he buy? Like, I mean, what was I just remember the mangoes. <laughs> the mangoes. A lot of mangoes. mangoes. <laughs> he he had more mangoes than he needed. Right? Yeah, so, so many mangoes. <laughs> yeah, I I get really like starstruck for people like that. Like, I don't think I get starstruck from like a super famous person. If Bono like, walks in, you're like whatever. Yeah, but, you someone know? like I really respect artistically. That is like just kind of a weird one. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. But it was cool. He seemed nice. He seemed down to earth because he was buying just shopping like everybody else. Yeah. Have you guys been to Napa before, or is this your first time? First time. Nice. First time. Nice, and you're here just today and tomorrow, and then you're, you're headed out, huh? Yep. Yeah. Heading back home after that. 
Same yep. thing though, we're trying to eat and drink all of the things, have the whole experience crash course. Definitely do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you, you were talking before we started recording about uh, your last time in San Francisco and mm -hmm. you played the Independent. Yeah. Um, the day after Metallica, who played yesterday, you're playing that the day after Metallica yeah, again here. Yeah, I think here. there's a conspiracy happening that <laughs> yeah. they're following our tour and trying to play the same venues the day before us to like outshine us or something. So yeah. <laughs> there's kind of a budding beef there that I think Andrew might win. have to fight, yeah. fight Lars Ulrich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he would beat me up for sure. I'm interviewing his sons tomorrow, so if you need me oh, to come I'll help. fight his sons. <laughs> yeah, they have a, they, his two sons have a band, uh, Taipei Houston. Okay. Um, and his uh, one of his sons, the drummer, is, I mean, he's crazy. He's like animal, like from the Muppets, you know, crazy on the on the drums, you know. It's It'll be it'll be interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting because like they haven't released any songs, so you know I mean, but they've played some yeah. shows. Yeah, so musical building. privilege. It's gonna be hard to not talk about it. I mean, I have yeah. to talk about his dad. Of yeah. yeah, their dad, of course, right? Like. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. <laughs> but the next time you're here, you're playing the Fillmore uh, in September, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, have you have you played the Fillmore? Or have you been to the Fillmore? No, no. never been. There. Heard heard of it and. Uh, really excited on the September tour we're playing a lot of places that we've heard the name and wanted to play and a lot of places like can kind of level up the venues and it'll, it should be our biggest biggest tour yet yeah the, the Fillmore is amazing you guys will have a great experience there. is it I mean, a theater it's yeah it's I mean it's open so uh, it's it's 1100 capacity it's an open floor but there's a balcony too and you'll get there do sound check and then you'll go upstairs and get lost in the tour posters cool. because Sick. there's so much energy there. Yeah, there yeah it's it's my favorite place to see see live shows amazing. And I, I haven't been there in too long you know it, it's just been too long since I've been there and but I mean I have so much of my own history in that in that venue you know uh, and uh, it's it's incredible. You'll you'll love it. You'll, okay, can't that, wait. That'll be a highlight on your on your next tour. Cool. I'm telling cool. you now. Hopefully, so. see you there. Yeah, I hope I can make it. So, um, well, thank you guys for for taking the time. I don't don't want to hold you back from all the great food and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and everything because I know what you're looking for yeah. too. So, um, yeah, great job on the new album. Thank I dig you. it. And uh, yeah, hopefully thank you so much. Chat with you guys again soon. Again. Yes. That was the interview with Wild Rivers here on Concert Pipeline. Uh, and uh, we're going to play one more song from their set at the Jam Pad stage because it was so cool. It was great to see it just broken down, simple, calm, and uh, and great. And Wild Rivers is known, you know, as they we talked about in the interview, uh, they have breakup songs, they have makeup songs. Uh, they uh, also did something which is really cool. They created a dating website, which I've never heard of a band creating a dating website, right? I mean, how cool is that? I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, they are bringing people together through their music, but also, literally, uh, I, I love the story that they shared also about the two coworkers uh, that uh, that were matched up through their their music. So that is a pretty cool uh, cool uh, little tidbit that they uh, they they had there. So uh, all right, uh, so let's go ahead and let's play one more song from Wild Rivers. This is a song called left off song is a song about getting broken up with
Child by Wild Rivers here on Concert Pipeline. Um, and so the next interview I, uh, we have, as I said, is a, a unique one. Um, I had a chance to uh, talk to Matthias uh, from Hendrix Gin, uh, and they have this cool three-story uh, bar, you, I guess you could say. it's not, I mean, you can't go in it really, but they, it's an environment that's a part of the culture of Bottle Rock. And I've seen it year in and year uh, year out um, each time I go. And uh, and always been like, okay, that's that's pretty interesting. It's, it's old-timey, it's cool, uh, it's a staple of Bottle Rock. It's right next to the culinary stage, which is where uh, the uh, top chefs and uh, celebrities, musicians come and, uh, and do some really cool cooking. Um, and uh, and so you know, I was like, yeah, let's uh, let's do that. I'll, I'll take a, a gin. Why not? And then we'll we'll chat about it a little bit. So um, I'm not going to give too much away about the gin right now. We'll let uh, Matthias say, um, tell, you know, give us some information about that that gin. So let's go ahead and bring Matthias in. Here, it here is. with Matthias. Cheers. Cheers indeed. Cheers. Oh, don't want to waste any. Oh, absolutely. Mm. 
Mm. Got to start that uh, that off the right way. So yeah, it's super refreshing on a beautiful Saturday like today, huh? No, you gotta love it. I mean, the weather just cooled down to just the right temperature for a festival, right? You know, it's great. I love days where it starts off a little chilly, but as the day warms up, you know, it gets a little warmer. I'm a big believer, though, the fact that it's not actually the weather that keeps us warm; it's those that we hold close to us. Oh, so. that is beautiful. I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep it in your heart. For I'll a, keep it for in my heart. It, it'll be there. It'll be there. So tell me about Hendrix. Tell me about how you got set up with Hendrix here. Yeah. So Hendrix is one of the most beautiful spirits on the planet. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of different spirits over my time as a bartender and my professional career in hospitality. And when Hendrix came calling many years ago, I decided that that was the thing that I needed to talk about and spread the beautiful gospel of the cucumber and rose that's cucumber curiously rose, infused yes. with, uh, within Hendrix and the beautiful symphony of 11 botanicals that we have. Uh, and Leslie Gracie, our master distiller, truly has done such a beautiful job at crafting and creating the modern gin movement, to be honest. Uh, so Hendrix, over the last 20 years, has just created such a beautiful road for people to explore the wonderful world of flavor. And we're continuing to pioneer that today with our innovations coming from the cabinet of curiosities, like Hendrix Neptunia, which I'm enjoying here in the Neptunia Fizz, uh, and just really celebrating the beautiful world that's possible when it comes to flavor. Yeah, and so uh, Hendrix was formed in 99. Right, was, and yeah. Le Leslie formed it in 99. Tell me about her history and kind of what led her to... Oh, totally. To so Leslie is one of the most incredible people when it comes to flavor development, because one of the things that sets her apart is that she thinks about flavors in terms of shapes. So with Hendrix, she wanted to create a round experience, something to bring people on a journey. And so with that symphony of 11 botanicals and the soloists of rose and cucumber, she was able to give people the opportunity to really experience something special for the first time that broke the glass ceiling of the gin category and gave everybody something different than the London dry style gins uh, and now something that was sort of this beautiful new world to explore and really refreshed the whole gin category just as we're being refreshed right now. Yeah, and uh, so have you uh, covered Bottle Rock before with? You know, I've never actually been to Bottle Rock before, but I've been with Hendrix for nearly six years, uh, and I've covered the full west of the country now. So I used to be the central ambassador, covering the central, like, 20-something states, and now I live in uh, Los Angeles, and I cover the full west. So everything from Nashville to Hawaii is my little patch of the country. So this won't be your last Bottle Rock, right? I can safely <laughs> say this will not be my last Bottle Rock, especially after seeing all the incredible people here, the musicians, the music last night was phenomenal, uh, and just seeing everybody kind of really happy and experiencing being in the moment that's why I love festivals for sure yeah and so this three-story uh, I mean I mean it's incredible like does this go around with you to the, the different festivals it does we use it at several different events over the times that we have uh, obviously throughout the year but the truth is again like Hendrix was about breaking the mold it was about breaking the uh, the, the normal uh, mundane world that we live in and really seeking this refreshment of curiosity uh, in our everyday life and so that's why we created the three-story bar was to bring a little bit of that unusual curiosity to the world so we actually mix cocktails sometimes on top pull them through the full contraption so that it moves and and cools it as it goes down and then uh, and then comes out these beautiful cucumber pourers down the bottom here yeah. so very very fun uh, fun event and we're very happy to be here and celebrate with everybody yeah, and so tell me about the, the old-timey feel and kind of how that it ties into the Hendrix brand. Totally. You know, I feel like a lot of people think steampunk when they see Hendrix, but the truth is it's the Victoriana uh, element that we really are trying to, to portray. The reason is, is back in the Victorian times, there was this beautiful idea of conviviality. There was this gorgeous idea of getting together and sharing in experiences and sharing in, in the moment. Uh, so that's what we really wanted to capture uh, with Hendrix, and so by bringing that into the 
modern era. We're again refreshing this idea of coming together, bringing flavors from all over the world into every bottle of Hendrix for everybody to enjoy in their own unique way. Yeah, and so aside from the festivals, what sort of events do you, have you covered with uh... Oh, so many. The good thing about being a brand ambassador for Hendrix and larger William Grant & Sons with other products like Glenfiddich, the Balvini, Raker, Tullamore all of these incredible spirits, is that we're really a multifaceted role. So my job is to be the face, the eyes, and the ears of the brand, so to speak. So I'll do events from small, tiny tastings for six people on a train carriage, uh, all the way through to covering you know festivals with hundreds of thousands of people at it. Uh, and then, of course, engaging with our distributors and engaging with people online. So if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at The Bar Poet. Uh, I love to post stuff. I've posted a really fun video yesterday about the three-story bar, so everybody can go check that out. And uh, it's just a wonderful way to engage. So. I always like to say we're very multifaceted in our role, which is great. Yeah, and so tell me a little bit more just about the uh, cucumber and the uh, the rose, and like how did that get incorporated? In Absolutely. So again, we're talking about Leslie's beautiful idea about breaking the norm. So she wanted to create a British-style gin, and with Hendrix, of course, what is more British than the idea of cucumber sandwiches and the rose gardens of England? So it was a really beautiful um, notion to start crafting the gin. But the beautiful point comes in once we told Janet Sheed Roberts, the old, oldest living member of the family in Scotland, uh, we told her the philosophy about creating this British style gin. And then she actually came up with the name for Hendrix. And so Hendrix, you might notice there's an apostrophe yes. in that. Now, when we're looking at that apostrophe, it's not just a speck of ink on a piece of paper. That is actually referring to a gardener who used to be the gardener at the house of Hazelwood where Janet Sheed Roberts used to live. And he used to take such beautiful care of the rose garden outside that she thought there was nobody she would rather name the gin after. And his name was Hendrick. Yeah. So it's really, truly a, fa a testament to the fact that Hendrix is part of a family-owned company and William Grant and Sons, that the name is given such, which did he, we love. Did he know that the, it was being named after him, or was he n not around him? You know, that's a really good question. I don't actually even think I've ever I asked that, but I feel like I do, remember, I do remember hearing uh, that it was uh, quite a long time ago, so I think it was probably done in, in memora memorarium. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very excited still that that's well, the case. So. Well, well, that's really cool. Well, this is, I mean, delicious and refreshing and so glad. perfect drink for Bottle Rock here today. It really is. The fresh cucumber juice and the sun god that we created is just absolutely stunning in partnership with the beautiful festival organizers here. And the Neptunia Fizz with its beautiful burst of citrus and coastal botanicals from Scotland that uh, we put into the Neptunia are truly phenomenal. So couldn't yeah. be happier to share in this experience with you, my friend. Cheers. cheers. And at Hendrix, we cheers pinkies. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Cheers, cheers. And as we wrap, um, any artists that you're looking forward to seeing or you're here near the culinary stage? So You know, I'm looking forward to seeing everything that's happening here on the culinary stage, of course, with yeah. uh, with my love for flavor. But I have to say, you know, Foy Vance, uh, 21 Pilots tonight, yes. and then a couple others, Bahamas are playing. I'm really excited just to kind of get out there. I love the morning performances are some of my favorite because yeah. they're always people who you never know what's going to happen to them in a few years. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the people that perform on these headlining acts and they all started down at the first performances of the day. And that's just really cool to me to think of. So I always try and get here early, make sure I hit some ones in the morning, uh, and then of course finish out the night strong with not only a cocktail in my hand, but music in my heart. That, I couldn't agree more. I mean, sometimes at the beginning ones, I'll, I'll bounce between three and four stages within an hour just to make sure I get at least a couple songs with each artist. So I love that. Uh, so it's very cool. Well, thank you for taking the time and uh, good luck today and enjoy the, the great weather here at Bottle Rock. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. All right. So that was my interview with Hendrix Gin uh, here. And as we like to do on these Bottle Rock episodes when we can, we like to close it out with a headline level uh, performance. And uh, so 
We're going to close it out with a song from 21 Pilots who uh, headlined this, this Saturday evening of Bottle Rock. Uh, they put on a killer show. I'd never seen them before uh, and really enjoyed um, their performance over, overall. So, I mean, they for two guys that lead a band, uh, I mean, they kick ass and they really interact with their, their fans and show a lot of appreciation for... Um, for where they're at in uh, in the world, so uh, that was that was really cool to see as well. Um, so this is a song that um, I really recommend. Um, you know, if you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're checking it out on an audio platform, that you check out the YouTube video um, attached to this too. It'll be in this episode uh, from, uh, as part of the YouTube channel, of course, as well. But but they kicked ass in this uh this uh song that they did live um the lead singer got up and uh and stood on the crowd and he sang their song ride so that's going to close us out here for this episode of concert pipeline um we have a couple more episodes uh two more actually to be exact of uh bottle rock content that we're going to bring to you so next time uh on the program we have green sky bluegrass uh and we also have uh taipei uh houston which is uh uh, which is pretty cool. So a couple of good interviews uh, in the next episode. Then the last episode will be chock full of performances from uh, from bands that are playing Bottle Rock. So um, lots to look forward to. Uh, so for all of us here at Concert Pipeline, I'm Steve Jones. We'll catch you next